I always knew about the rivalry. And um, like I said, I grew up watching those big games, man. I remember uh, Webster Slaughter and Kozar and Reggie Langhorn. I remember Minifield and Dixon. Like, I remember vividly watching those games and uh, being excited for those matchups. And I'd always be excited when the Broncos won that game. And then I end up crying because <laughs> they went to the and lost every time. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Club 46, driven by Bridgestone. I'm Jay Crawford, pleased to be with you again. As always, we're joined by a former Cleveland Brown player, and this week we're thrilled to have Dalen McCutcheon on with us. Dalen, great to see you. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks, Jay. I'm excited about uh, this opportunity and uh, been looking forward to it. Very good. Uh, we're going to go through everything. We'll talk about your... Uh, career with the Browns and the NFL, and uh, also some of your, your fond memories. I'd like to start each week by asking the former player about that one memory that they probably hold more dear to them than any other moment in the NFL. What was that moment for you, Dalen? Um, honestly, um, that moment for me probably was uh, – Two things. Probably the first thing was just getting drafted by Cleveland, period. You know, my, my childhood dream was to play in the NFL. So um, when Chris Palmer called me and told me that the Browns were going to draft me, um, it was just like, man, it was just so many good, great emotions, man, that, um, you know, I had reached, uh, you know, reached that peak, man, you know, and all the hard work that I had put in, you know, throughout my, my youth and high school and college had paid off, you know. And then the, the second thing was probably – uh, when we played our first uh, preseason game um, against the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, it was the Hall of Fame game, and uh, walking out on the field, it just was—it was surreal, man. I walked out on the field, and it was—it was the Cowboys. It was Troy Aikman, it was Deion Sanders, it was Emmitt Smith, and uh, and it was just exciting, man, that to to finally make it to that level. The NFL was by no means foreign to you because you know you you. Your father played in the NFL. You were very familiar with the league. Do you think that in some regards that there was more pressure on you to get to the league, being the son of a former NFL player, than there is for the average guy to make that, that final roster? Um, I, I believe so. I mean, uh, I think especially with my last name, it, it being McCutcheon, it's just a rare name. You know, so I think a lot of people knew about my dad. And um, so growing up, there was just that expectation that I was supposed to make it, you know. And so for me, um, it was uh, it was an added, some added pressure, but I, I, I took it all in stride, man. You know, I felt like uh, I always had confidence in myself and I was out to prove that, you know, I could make my own name and I wasn't just trying to live through him. Um, but, you know, he just kind of supported me through, you know, through the process, man. And uh, and we had fun with it. We'll, we'll talk more about, about your time with the Browns and memories in the NFL, but i like to begin at the beginning and go all the way back to what it was like for Dalen McCutcheon as a young guy growing up. Take us through memories that you have of your childhood and, and tell us what it was like. Yeah. Um, I had an awesome childhood. had an awesome childhood. Uh, you know, very supportive mom. Um, you know, I, I, younger brother, younger sister, 
Um, went to Bishop Ahmad High School. It was a great, uh, a great football school, you know, and a lot of tradition there. Um, Eric Bieniemy, Pat Hayden, uh, John McKay are some of the alum from there. So just high expectations when you go to that school. Um, won a lot of football games. I, I think we only lost two, two games in, in all of my high school career. Um, you know, so we got a lot of notoriety. Um, from there, went on to USC. Um, and, uh, you know, just I, the main reason why I wanted to go to SC was just because of that tradition. You know, they had a tradition of just having great DBs, having uh, uh, great players, you know, overall and playing at a high level. And so, um, you know, just be able to play there and play in the Coliseum uh, and uh, play in front of a, you know, a great crowd, you know, week in and week out. Um, but uh, I was blessed, man. Like I said, I had tons of support um, growing up as a youth and um, just had a lot of fun. You obviously uh, you come by your athletic ability naturally. What, at what point in your life were you introduced to sports and what sports did you play? Which was your favorite? Yeah. Um, I think the first uh, sport I played was baseball. Um, I really liked baseball a lot. Uh, I think I probably started playing when I was around seven years old. Um, I, I played, started playing football, I think around nine or 10. Um, I enjoyed both sports a lot. Um, um, had a lot of good friends that we played on both teams. Um, but I just always felt like football just came a little more natural, you know, just, it was, and it was just also the speed of the game, you know, so I played baseball through up until high school and, um, and my mom's a teacher. She's been a teacher for over 30 years. And when I got to high school, my grades were, um, weren't as good as she would like them to be. <laughs> so basically, I was playing multiple sports. I was playing football, I was playing baseball, I was running track. And so she felt like I needed to take something off my plate. And um, football, I, football was my love. So I decided to play football and run track. And I, I hung up the baseball cleats. And um, I think that ended up being the best decision for me. Were you good at baseball? Could you have maybe gone to college and played baseball or even perhaps tried as a professional? Um, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, man. I, you know, in my heart, I say, yes, I feel like that. You know, um, I always hit the ball well, um, was a solid fielder. You know, I, I played in outfield. I usually, I ran well, so I played center field. Um, so I feel like, yes, I feel like if I would have put all of my heart into it and really trained um, in baseball that I would have had the chance. But I'm going to tell you, man, um, years later, years later when I was actually out in Cleveland, um, the Indians let me go out and uh, take some BP um, with them one year. And, um, man, <laughs> trying to get those pitches was tough, man. It was tough, man. They were making me look funny, man. So I, I don't know. I, I questioned myself after that day. <laughs> what was – so when you were a kid, if you wanted to watch a sporting event on TV, was it football or baseball? Um, I, honestly, I watched everything. You know, Did I, you? I just I grew up a sports junkie. I mean, if, if I had to pick one, it was always football. And uh, and it was it was pro football. Um, to be honest, like I didn't watch a lot of college football. I mean, if it was on, I would watch it. But I was always um, big into to pro football. Um, I watched basketball, you know, I'd watch basketball, even though I, did, I never really played basketball. That was, I wasn't very good at it. Um, but I, if, if it was a sport and it was on, I, I was watching it. Yeah. Did you have uh, athletes that you looked up to when you were a kid? Who were your sort of heroes growing up? Yeah. Um, I think kind of my hero was probably Deion Sanders. 
Um, I really like, I really followed Dion. You know, I just liked his athletic ability and it just seems like um, just, he put on a show. He put on a show when he was on the field. Well, it didn't matter what sport it was, he was always making plays. Um, so I really liked him. Um, I liked uh, Desmond Howard. You know, I liked Desmond Howard and um, just the player that he was. I, I liked his athletic ability and him being able to be um, great in special teams and also, you know, great on the offensive side of the ball. So those are those are probably the two guys that I looked up to. Dalen, when did you realize that your skill was going to be good enough to, if nothing else, get you a, a great free education at a wonderful school, and maybe one day even provide a profession in the NFL? Yeah, um, I, I'd probably say uh, my sophomore year of high school. You know, um, I played freshman football, and then my sophomore year they brought me up to varsity. Um, I ended up starting both ways on that team and our team, we went, uh, 15 and 0 and won the championship that year. And, um, so for me to be able to be a sophomore and start both ways on that championship team, it just boosted my confidence, you know, and, uh, I was able to make a lot of plays. And so I just felt like, you know, we had older guys on our team, um, that got college scholarships that went on to the next level. And I just, at that point, I was just kind of like, man, if those guys could do it, uh, you know, I felt like I was just as good or better. And uh, I would have that opportunity to, like you said, at least play um, at the collegiate level. What was your recruitment like? Do you remember, did, did you have a list of schools? Did you always know that it was going to be SC? Um, my recruitment was crazy, man. It was, it was wild. Um, I got recruited by pretty much every school across the country. So I was blessed to have a lot of opportunities. Um, my final four, I believe, were um, the schools I took trips to were Michigan, uh, Washington, Colorado, and uh, USC. And to be honest, um, my, the favorite was Colorado. Um, I, yes, my fa the favorite was Colorado. My mom is from Denver. Um, my parents met at Colorado State. I still have tons of family um, in the Denver area. And I had planned on going to Colorado, and uh, they had a, a coaching change. Um, uh, it was McCartney. Um, I think his wife ended up getting sick, um, and so he ended up stepping down. And that's what that's what kind of turned the tide for me, and I decided to stay home. But in the long run, it ended up being a, a you know a great choice for me, and, um, and I have no regrets in going to USC. It was awesome. You were a tremendous running back in high school. And I think a lot of folks thought that you would just go to college and, and play running back, but you made the switch to the defensive side of the ball once you got to SC. What went into that decision? I'm wondering if dad factored into it. Like, what role did he play? How did that come out? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I loved carrying the ball. I, I loved carrying the ball. Um, like you said, I was able to have some success on the offensive side. Um, but when I talked to John Robinson and Dennis Thurman at USC, uh, one of my biggest things was I wanted to play. You know, I wanted to play right now. And um, and they didn't give me any promises, but they just felt that, you know, they I had a um, probably a, a bigger opportunity to play faster if I played um, corner. Uh, they had just brought in five or six running backs the year before. And, um, you know, they were going to give me the opportunity to compete on the offensive side if I wanted to. Um, but I just took the challenge of playing defense and, and my dad did play a role in it also because, you know, I kind of talked to him about long-term, you know, what he felt, you know, long-term, 
what would be the best um, position for me. And he felt like long-term corner would probably be that spot. So I said, why then I should make the move now and, and try to get, uh, be the best I could be at that position. I'm wondering, Dalen, if the fact that running backs by nature have a, a much shorter shelf life, you look at the career earnings potential as a running back compared to a defensive back. I don't know what it is now. I think at one point the average running back stuck around for three seasons in the NFL. Did that factor into your thinking at all? Uh, you know, I wasn't thinking that way, but since, you know, my dad was in the NFL, uh, you know, he played in the NFL. My dad, he actually was a scout for the Rams for, I think, like 30 plus years. So I know that was a factor for him. You know, for him, it was. For me, I was just talking about, I just wanted to make it there. You know, and obviously I wanted to be successful, but, um, you know, I just was thinking about getting there. I think he was thinking about getting there and being able to have longevity, you know, once I got there. Now, I... I don't know. It's been a long time. I could be mistaken, but it seems to me you flirted with some offense at SC or, or was it special teams? Um, no, I did. I did play some offense. They gave me the ball here and there on some reverses and threw me some passes. And then I was able to make some plays uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So I enjoyed that, man. I, you know, I enjoyed any time that I was able to, uh, to make some plays, but yeah, they did. They did make up some little couple packages for me. It's funny that you said that you um, you sort of looked up to, to Deion Sanders because I remember I remember seeing a highlight of you running the ball and the thing that came in I, I knew you as a defensive back but I remember the thinking at the time wow this guy could be this dual threat Deion Sanders type player he's got, when the ball's in his hands he's electric he can make things happen did you ever try to talk any of the Browns coaches into Hey, try to work me into this offensive game plan a little bit. I, I've got I've got some lineage and I've got a little experience <laughs> at it. Oh man, um, no, you know what? Actually, when I first got there as a rookie, um, uh, they did talk to me about uh, returning kicks, um, but we 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 never discussed the whole offensive thing. You know, honestly, playing corner at that level is so challenging. I couldn't. <laughs> other than just my technique and playing DB. That was a big enough challenge in itself. It really, it, what it, I think what it speaks to, because I've had this conversation with a lot of defensive backs that were, because traditionally they're the best athletes on the field, and they were all or most of them stars on the offensive side in high school, and they all say the same thing. It really does speak to the skill set of Deion Sanders. When you watch his ability to just make something happen every time he touches the ball. And he was able to have success on the offensive side. It really does show you what his skill set was compared to a group of athletes who traditionally are amongst the finest athletes in the world. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, what he was able to do um, was amazing. And uh, not, be able, not only able to do that, but just the, like the level he did it. You know, like you said, I mean, he would go play defense and played it, you know, in my opinion, um, at the highest level that a corner has played. And then, like you said, to be able to do um, go to offense and basically almost have that same kind of impact over there, um, it, it's crazy. It's amazing. And his team's won. And by the way, a lot of people believe that if he had committed full-time to baseball, he could have had a a Hall of Fame type career as a baseball player. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you, you could just see it, you know, if you watch his highlights or anything like that. I mean, uh, he's one of those once-in-a-lifetime guys. You know, it's just different. There's, You see him running, and, you know, those guys in the NFL, like, these are the best athletes, you know, in the, in the world, and he's making them look silly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that says it all. <laughs> it is a whole nother level. It, it really is. Bridgestone knows you want the same thing from your tires as you do from the Cleveland Browns. Clutch performance when it matters most. So when unpredictable weather strikes, Bridgestone Taranza tires don't just handle wet conditions, they're built for them. They deliver with the unfazed confidence and quiet control of a clutch performer and make it look easy. Bridgestone, the official tire of the NFL. So you decide on on SC. What was your your initial reaction to the difference in speed and size and skill set from high school to college once once you got to to Southern California? They they threw me in the fire uh, from day one. So they said, look, you want to play early? We're going to see if you could play early. So what they did was when we first went into camp, um, we had a guy named Keyshawn Johnson on our team. <laughs> And so Keyshawn was a senior that year. I was a freshman. And, you know, Keyshawn was, everyone was talking about he was going to be the number one draft pick. And so what they did is they lined him up and they said, look, everywhere he goes, you're following him. And um, that first week of camp, man, was one of the roughest weeks of football (laughs) I ever had. (laughs) I was chasing that dude all over the field. And it didn't seem, it didn't uh, matter if I was close or if I was all over him. It didn't seem like what kind of, what kind of coverage I had. He caught every pass I think they threw to him. And so uh, I was really questioning my football career <laughs> and, uh, and the move to defensive back. And um, I don't know exactly when it was, but after that week, um, I think it was that next week, um, I started making plays, you know. And I just started making plays and it just started clicking, you know, and the game just started slowing down a little bit and I started having a little success. And then, then the confidence, confidence just came. And I, I just felt like, man, you know, if I can hang with this guy and, uh, and he's the best in the country, then um, it should make it a lot easier any day, anyone else I got to cover on Saturday. Well, that, that is a yardstick uh, ask if there ever was one. I, I know offensive and defensive guys, tend to not be close but did, did he ever give you any advice did he ever tell you anything about how to play the position or what he didn't like what the defensive backs would do um I'm gonna tell you he told me a lot of stuff but nothing was good <laughs> Keyshawn was you know we um you know we had a lot of respect for each other but Keyshawn was a big trash talker and so his thing was a lot of his thing was as good as he was physically he was just as good mentally getting in a guy's head, you know, and that's what he would tell you, you know, what he was going to do to you and how he was going to beat you and how you weren't anything and whatever. So I think if anything, you know, I, I remember sitting down with him one time and he didn't come out and say it, but I basically felt like I earned his respect at that point, you know, and he basically just kind of sat me down and t- told me, um, that he believed in me, you know, that, that he believed in me and, um, and that they were counting on me. And so for a senior and a guy, especially of his caliber, to sit me down and just tell me that he believed in me, 
um, then, you know, that, that's all I needed. You know, I didn't need the extra pump up or I didn't expect that from Keystown, but um, he just showed that he believed in me and that, and, that, and that meant a lot. As you're going through your senior year, you're starting to think about transitioning to the NFL and where you might be drafted. What was that process like for you? Man, the whole draft, draft process is crazy. I mean, uh, first thing is, if you're thinking about it, you're fortunate enough that you put yourself in that position, you know? So, um, but I, I, I just, I was dedicated, man. And I just trained my butt off. I worked hard, you know, I was working on my speed, working on my agility. I wanted to put on a little extra weight, you know, um, to go to the next level. And so I worked, I worked my butt off and, um, and then, you know, when we were getting ready for the combine, you know, I went to the combine, had a good combine. And so it, it was exciting, man. I was, I was excited and I felt like I was mentally and physically ready um, to take that next step. Did you have any idea or expectations on where you would be drafted? You know what? They, they told me that I was going to go possibly uh, late one, early two. So I was thinking early two, somewhere in that range. As far as teams, um, I talked to tons of teams when I was coming out. Um, I visited with a bunch of teams. Um, you know, I had heard um, San Diego or Denver, um, and I was excited about that, being a California, uh, California uh, native. You know, so San Diego, not too far from home. And then, like I said, my mom um, and I got tons of family in Denver. And I grew up actually a Broncos fan, you know. So either one of those, I, I was excited about. As the rounds and picks ticked away and you're still out there in the third round, what's going through your mind? <laughs> I was going crazy, man. I was going crazy. I, um, after the first round, I wasn't really disappointed, but... Uh, once the second round started going and I started the names going, I saw, started seeing the names going by, um, it was frustrating. You know, it was really frustrating and it was a long, it seemed like that second round took literally all day. Um, at the end of the second round, I got a couple calls. I ended up getting like three or four calls within seconds. Um, and so it actually, the teams that were calling were San Diego, Denver, and Cleveland. And, uh, and I just remember, I just remember Chris Palmer getting on the on the uh, phone, and um, and I think Denver had the pick before, um, I think like the last round, uh, the last pick of the second round, and he told me that if they didn't get me, that uh, Cleveland was going to pick me with the first pick of the third round, and um, I, I was excited, man. I think I was going crazy. My family was going crazy. It was a it was a great memory. What was your first thought about, I know you're excited and thrilled that you're going to the NFL, but you did have hopes of being perhaps with your hometown or your, your, your childhood team, Denver, or maybe a hometown in, in San Diego. So what's going through your mind when you get the call and it's Cleveland? So first thing I had to do was I asked someone to give me a map so I could find out where <laughs> I knew I knew it was in Ohio, but I honestly didn't know exactly where it was on the map. So someone got a map for me, and they showed me where Cleveland was, and I was like, "Wow, it's way over there!" And so uh, that, that was my first memory, man. I just had to find out exactly where it was. But I, I was excited, man. I was excited. I, I you know, I grew up um, a football NFL junkie. Like I said, being a Denver fan. 
I remember all that great rivalry with the Cleveland Browns. I watched all those games, you know, with them playing, you know, in those AFC championship games. And so um, I knew it. Cleveland had a great tradition and I, I was ex just excited to get started. You had to be a young guy then, probably like 10, 11 years old when the AFC championship rivalry was going on between the Browns and the Broncos. Was there any level of hatred towards the Browns, even though you guys always beat us? Uh, I, I wouldn't say hatred because we ended up on the good side. <laughs> there was <laughs> you know, hatred the other way, I can promise yeah. you. <laughs> I'm sure there was. Um, but I, like I said, I, I always knew about the rivalry. And um, like I said, I grew up watching those big games, man. I remember uh, Webster Slaughter and Kozar and Reggie Langhorn. I remember Minifield and Dixon. Like, I remember vividly watching those games and uh, being excited for those matchups. And I'd always be excited when the Broncos won that game. And then I end up crying because <laughs> they went to the and lost every time. <laughs> I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that a lot of Cleveland fans were smiling when they lost. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> okay, so you, um, you report to Cleveland that first time, and I'm sure it was your first trip to the city. What, what were the the thoughts going through your mind once you had seen Cleveland and you'd been here for a little while to start making some judgments? Yeah. Um, I remember landing in April and there was still snow. And <laughs> I, I was like, wow. I, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember that. And I just remember, I was just so excited, man. I was ready to compete. And um, the one thing that I, that really stood out about the city, though, was uh, it was just how excited about football they were, you know. And like I, that was '99 when the expansion team came back, and you know, so you could tell they had really missed um, their Browns and how excited they were about getting football started again, there, man. And it was just like everywhere I went, it was uh, it was just Browns crazy, and and I loved that, you know. And you know, after especially spending my career though. Um, you just realize what a great football, uh, and not just football, but what a great um, sports town it is. What is it uh, that makes Dalen the Browns fan different from fans of the other 31 teams? Um, I think that it's their loyalty, you know, um, especially when I got there, uh, you know, I think the expectations were maybe just a little lower because, like I said, they were, we were an expansion team. And we had our ups and downs. You know, we started out in 99, and I think we maybe only won, I think, two two or three games. And then, um, you know, eventually they bring in Butch Davis, and the team starts to build a little bit. Uh, we go to the playoffs, I believe, in 2002. So it seems like, you know, things are, you know, starting to um, uh, swing up. And, um, and then, you know, we have some injuries, some guys end up leaving, and then we're kind of back down. But it just seemed like the fans were loyal, man. I mean, just it seemed every time we ran into that stadium, um, you wouldn't have been able to tell that our record was, you know, some of those records. You know, they, they were excited and they pushed us and uh, they cheered for us. And I remember, you know, going to restaurants around the city or whatever, and it was always um, a 1,000% loyalty and, and love. What was it like for you going into that first training camp? Because I, I know when I talk to rookies or talk to veterans and, and former players about their rookie experiences, most of them are readily admitting when they walked on that first field at training camp, even if they were a first-round pick, 
there was still a shadow of doubt in their mind because they didn't know what it was going to be like. What was it like for you? Um, I had those, I had those same um, doubts. I had those same doubts and concerns. You know, um, I feel like anytime you step in um, and it didn't matter what you did at the, at the previous level, you have to prove yourself all over again. No one cares about if you were all American or, you know, first team all conference or whatever. All of those guys in, in the NFL have done that, you know, so it's about proving yourself. And, and it's also that the fact that it's a business, you know, it's a business. And I think that's the thing that stood out the most to me is that um, especially in 99, being an expansion team, we were able to bring in more guys um, for that training camp. So I believe we had 25 um, DBs in our DB room when we first started. And wow. they told us that they were going to keep 10. You know, so you knew 15 guys were going home, you know. Um, and so it was a business, man. We, there was a lot of camaraderie and, and we got along in the room. But at the same time, we knew that it was business. And you see these guys, you know, I think I was maybe 22 at the time. You see that there were grown men um, in that room that had wives and had kids and they're trying to feed their family. And so it, uh, it's the fun and games. But at the end of the day, you know, it's business, you know, and I seen some grown men um, get sent home. And uh, that's what really made it click for me that uh, that I had to bring my A game all the time. Do you have any favorite training camp stories, any fun things or or just experiences or times that you remember from your training camps? Um, I think that. You know, I remember some guys getting tied up to the goalpost. <laughs> tied up to the goalpost. Um, I just remember um, carrying a lot of shoulder pads for the vets. You know, I remember Chris Billman and uh, and uh, uh, Jerry Ball. You know, putting me to work and making sure that um, you know I had the snacks there for um, the meetings and um, you know. But most of all, I just remember um, competing. Man, I just remember competing. During training camp, it's like every day, and those were the days when we were having uh, two and three a days. We'd have three practices. And um, yeah, you'd, you know, you'd have your two main practices and then you'd have uh, a special teams practice. And so I just remember um, just it being so mentally and physically draining. And uh, you'd have to dig deep. You just have to dig deep, man, and just go out there and and always give it your best. And those were the the things that stood out to me. I mean, I remember having great crowds. We had great crowds, tons of fans at all of our practices. Like I said, they were excited about Browns football being back. And um, but I just remember competing with those guys and, and having so much fun. Did you pick one aspect of your game that you would focus on every year going into training camp? How did you How did you look at that situation? Yeah. Um, I, when I was coming out of college, um, my, uh, Dennis Thurman was one of the things he really challenged me on. He felt like if I wanted to take my game to the next level and um, I just, I kept remember, remembering everyone saying when I got drafted to the Browns that I was a nickelback. I was a nickelback and I wanted to prove to everybody that I could start, you know, and then I was an every down guy. And so they, everyone talked to me about being more physical and being able to tackle. And so I, I took it personal, man. I was like, well, look, if that's what I got to do um, to be a full-time starter, 
then I got to step my game up. So that was one of the things, like I said, I really worked hard in the offseason, trying to put some weight on um, so I could have more confidence in being physical and um, really working on my tackling. And um, everyone knows, especially in, uh, in that division, we had um, Jerome Bettis, Eddie George, uh, Eric Rett, um, I think Corey Dillon, those were the backs in our in our uh, division when I got in there. So it's those you get to that those winter months, and uh, you're gonna have to tackle. I don't care what position you are. You're a corner. You're gonna have to come up and hit those big boys. So those are those are the things I focused on. What advice, Dalen, would you give to rookies today getting ready to go to their first training camp? Um. Like I said, I think the first thing is to understand that it's a business, you know, um, is that it's going to take your uh, 100% focus and and dedication and um, it's going to make you sacrifice. You know, you're going to have to make sacrifices. And if that's if uh, being in the league and not only being in the league, but staying in the league is important to you that you're going to have to be willing to make sacrifices. Um, so I think it's, it's uh, your focus. Um, I also think it's um, one thing that I learned a little later on was taking care of your body. You know, uh, you know, I, I learned from some vets that um, kind of took me to uh, by the side, Corey Fuller and Robert Griffith. And um, it was really taking care of my body. So the ice baths and the extra massages and, uh, you know, I laughed at those guys. They would go get uh, pedicures and I'm like, man. I don't like getting no pedicure. And they said, look, man, your, uh, you know, your feet, you know, your feet, that's your money. You know, that's your money. And, and I did. I learned it. it was, you know, the way that you take care of your body, man. So I was all for that. And I think that really led to me being able to uh, stick around for a while. Did you have a welcome to the NFL moment? And if so, what was it? Oh, man. Um, I would say there were two. Um, like I said, that first game that we played in the Hall of Fame game, um, I started at the nickel of that game. And so I'm running around, I'm warming up, and I'm feeling great. And it's, a, you know, I'm feeling good about myself. And, uh, you know, the, I think it was like maybe the second play of the game, they, they put me in. And so I'm just, you know, I'm looking around. I'm like, man, the Cowboys, this is great. This is awesome. I'm in the NFL. And then uh, I go to line up, and the very first play of my career, the guy that I got to cover was Michael Irvin. <laughs> I said, "Oh man!" It just it got real, real fast. And I think it, I think it was a run play. You know, they didn't throw it to him or anything, but still, it just it clicked. Like, oh man, now it's business. Like, wow. Like, and and I'm lining up against a Hall of Famer right now. And then um, I think the the very first real game of the season, we played the Steelers. And uh, I re just remember uh, they gave Bettis uh, a carry off tackle, and it was just me and him. And oh. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Here comes the bus. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and I got ran over by the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I learned real fast what the NFL was about. So those two, uh, those two plays, uh, those, they stood out um, as a welcome. Do you remember the first big play you made where – you kind of told yourself, I belong here. I can do this. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, you know, your, your rookie year is just, it was a roller coaster for me, you know, and I felt like I, you know, I felt like I had a really good um, rookie year, but you know, there's times where you kind of doubt yourself. I didn't probably have the same confidence I had, you know, my senior year at SC, but that very first game that I played uh, versus the Cowboys, um, 
I had two interceptions in that game, you know, and so it was like I was feeling really good about in the Hall of Fame game. In the Hall of Fame game, I had two interceptions. Wow! And um, so I felt I felt really good about myself. And then we played the Steelers game one, and so like I said, I was the nickel, and so uh, we got behind early in that game, and then so they told me to go play corner. Well, the very first play they put me in the corner. They threw it to um, I can't remember the guy's name. It was big, big Samoan running back for Pittsburgh. But they throw it to him in the flats, and I come up and I hit him, and he kept on running and walked into the end zone. <laughs> so, like I said, it was just a roller coaster, man. It, it, it was just a roller coaster. But I remember later on um, in that season, and I believe that we played um, the Bengals, and. Uh, I just had a really good game, man. I was just, a, you know, they had targeted me a bunch of times. I had a bunch of pass breakups. Uh, I think I had interception. And it was just, that was the game where I was just like, man, you know what? Like, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready. And it's, you know, that's, your 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 that first year, your rookie year, man, it's a long year for rookies, man. You know, like we played, we played five preseason games that year. And then we oh, had. because the, of the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, yeah, because of the Hall of Fame game. So. You know, we played 21 games. We played 21 games that year. So when it got to around game 15, I was done. I was done, man. It was it was rough. That's like that's almost like two college seasons. Without a doubt, without a doubt, it was it was crazy. Bridgestone knows you want the same thing from your tires as you do from the Cleveland Browns. Clutch performance when it matters most. And when you need maximum grip for confident cornering, Bridgestone Potenza tires aren't just up for the job, they're built for the job. With the tread design engineered for any twist and turn the road may throw your way. Bridgestone, official tire of the NFL. When you look back on your, on your time, your, your, all your time in the NFL was, was with the Browns. What, what, is the, uh, what is the height? I know you said that walking on that field the first time is that overriding memory, but what for you... Um, stands out as the your best game memory from your years in Cleveland my best game memory oh man it was um I would probably say um and this was it was this is like it was was good and bad I'd probably say the year that we went to the playoffs um playing in that playoff game it was like you know finally taking a big step, you know, seeing where we came from in 99 and then be able to uh, put together a stretch run and get to the playoffs. And um, like I said, when we jumped out to a huge lead, another game where I felt like I played really well, I had two interceptions in the playoff game. And so um, I felt really good. And, and, you know, and unfortunately, like I said, I, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And still to this day, I can't say exactly why it happened, but Obviously, um, Pittsburgh ended up coming back and beating us in that game. But I would feel like, you know, that game stood out, you know, because I just felt like, you know, we had worked so hard, you know, to uh, from where I came from and that expansion team to get us to where we were at that point. And like I said, there was a tons of other games where I played against. Uh, I had the pleasure of playing against some really high profile um, you know, receivers, you know, I played against Marvin Harrison and Randy Moss and Jimmy Smith and, you know, some really talented guys. And I just felt at the end of the day, um, I earned most of those guys respect, you know, and that's what, when I walked away from my career, I had no doubts, you know, um, maybe we didn't have as many wins, 
as I would have liked. And, you know, I didn't have all the Pro Bowls and everything, but I felt like I walked away from the game and I had the respect of my, um, of my peers, and that's all that mattered. Who was the greatest wide receiver you ever had to cover? <laughs> um, I would say uh, Moss, Randy Moss was the most talented. You know, that guy was just next level guy, ne next level guy and, and, and super talented. Um, I felt like um, he, he stood out the most. I think Chad Johnson from Cincinnati was another guy uh, who was, man, the dude was special. The dude was special. But the one guy that I really felt um, stood out and just was not talked about as much, and I think it was maybe because of some of the issues he had off the field, um, was Jimmy Smith from Jacksonville. The guy was, he was just special. The guy was special. I felt like he was that perfect blend of size and speed. He had good size. He could run. He could run with, you know, with anybody. The guy could go. And um, he, was, he was a tough matchup. He was in our division. I played against him twice a year. And uh, it was always a huge challenge. When your career was winding down, I believe they, the Browns released you before the draft, maybe? I, I, yeah, I, I think I, it's somewhere around there, yeah. What, what was that time like for you? How did they tell you and – what kind of consideration did you give to continue playing? Um, so yeah, that that off season, uh, that off season, I was kind of back and forth. Um, I had, I think, I just came off um, uh, shoulder surgery. Um, that the preseason before that year, um, I had been suffering a lot of migraine headaches, and so I was questioning my career at that point. You know, I felt physically. You know, other than the headaches, my body, my legs, you know, just all that, I felt in a good place. You know, I felt like I was in a good place. Um, but uh, like I said, because of the headaches, I was really questioning, you know, if I should move forward. Uh, Romeo Cornell, who I have a lot of respect for, um, was the head coach at the time. He called me um, in the offseason and told me that he felt um, that it was best that they moved on. And, and I was fine with that. You know, um, you know, I had a lot of good uh, years in, in Cleveland, uh, really respected Romeo, and uh, you know, they just felt like they had to go in a, a different direction. Um, I had been contacted by, I can't, I can't tell you exactly how many, but I want to say roughly about five or six teams that offseason. And, um, and I actually had planned on um, signing um, and playing, you know, that next year. And uh, I just remember sitting down with my wife and, um, and I still, like I said, I still was dealing with the headaches. And um, I just remember sitting down with her and realizing that I wanted to be able to enjoy my life after I walked away from football. You know, I had, I, I was blessed to save my money. Um, I had a great agent. And uh, he helped me save my money. And so I just wanted to do it my way, man. I wanted to do it my way. And so I was at peace walking away from the game. When you, um, when you think back about your, your playing career, how do you characterize it now that it's, you know, you've had some time away from it. You've had time to sort of look back on it. How, how, how do you characterize it? Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, I feel like I had a, a really solid career. I feel like I made the most of it. Um, you know, I felt like I earned the respect of my teammates and uh, my peers around the NFL. Um, like I said, there were a lot of guys um, that doubted me uh, when I went in, you know, too small, uh, just a nickel. And I felt like I proved myself. 
Um, and, and at the end of the day, um, I'm fine with that. You know, I, I feel like um, as long as I had the, the respect of those guys um, and, uh, you know, still to this day, I, I still talk to a lot of my, my old teammates. And, um, you know, when I talk to them and just I hear them talk to me and tell me um, how I um, impacted them or influenced them in their careers or the type of player they felt like I was at that point, um, it brings me great joy, man. It brings me great joy. Like I said, um, maybe we didn't get as many W's or like I said, I didn't walk away with the Pro Bowls and everything, but I, I'm fine, man. I'm at total peace with my career. When you left, you gravitated right to coaching. You went back. I think you started at your at your high school, right? Yeah, yeah. And and you were, you coached there for a while, and then all the way up to the uh, to the NFL, you were with the Jets. What is it about coaching that you think was suited more suited to your personality? And do you intend to coach again? Yeah. Um, I at first when I first retired, um, I wasn't thinking about coaching. And then uh, my old high school ended up getting a hold of me and I decided to do it and I loved it. You know, I just loved the impact that I was able to have on um, those young men. And it just seemed like I was able to um, able to get them to perform at a high level, you know, and, and I, I think that's one of the biggest things about coaches is that um, it's not about what you know. It's that if you're able to get that information to um, so your students, you know, and get them to be able to process it and become better players, you know. So I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed coaching um, at that level. And then um, I was, uh, Dennis Thurman was with the Jets at the time. And so he had always talked to me about coaching. And so he asked me to go out there and, um, and do the internship. I did the internship with them, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, Todd Bowles, who was my position coach in Cleveland, um, he, uh, I'd been in contact with him and he was trying to get me to come out there. So I did the internship the second year with the Cardinals, um, with him and, uh, Bruce Arians. And that, that next off season, Todd, uh, gave me a call and said he had a position, uh, with the Jets and, uh, I jumped at it, you know, I jumped at it and, um, I truly enjoyed coaching at that level. Those are some of my funnest, um, um, times coaching were the years that I spent um, in, in, um, in New York. And I was able to, like I said, I felt like I had a, a really good impact on those guys. I was able to coach some great players in Revis and Cromartie and uh, Buster Screen and just some really good um, football players. And I've learned a lot. That's the one thing about football, man, is that I don't care if you're a coach, player, whatever, um, you have to be open to learning. And uh, we had a great coaching staff up there, and I was able to learn a lot more about football um, um, even even at that point. Um, I had planned on continuing coaching at that level. And unfortunately, my wife had um, had got sick. You know, she had got um, diagnosed with breast cancer. So I decided to step down and come back and be here with, uh, with her while she went through that and uh, support her and my, and my kids. And so she's healthy now, everything is good. Um, she's made a full recovery. And so I feel like that's what was best. Um, and I start, so I, at that time I started coaching again at my high school. My, by this time, my son, you know, was in high school. So it was, it was even a better, you know, situation. And, um, so he's actually going to graduate this next year. And like I say, he's been committed to the university of Washington. And, um, once he moves on, then, uh, I'm definitely open to, uh, getting back up there in the big leagues again. Very good. What is that like coaching your son? 
Um, it's awesome. I don't know if he would say it's awesome all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it, it's been it's been great, man. You know, you know, as a father, you know, I would have been there to watch all these games, anyways. But now to be able to just pass on um, the knowledge I have of the game to him, and then being able to see him take it in, and then go out there on the field and um, and execute. Um, is amazing, you know, it, it's amazing. And so it's been a great process. Um, I think for him, um, he's worked hard. Um, and just like I had to do at one point, he's wanted to prove himself and make his own name. And I, and I think he's done that. So will he father, will, will he follow in father's footsteps in college and play defense or will he follow, follow grandfather's footsteps and play offense? He says he wants to play defense. He says he wants to play defense. So um, I think he's going to follow my footsteps a little more. Um, I think they're also going to give him opportunity to probably play some special teams. He he returns kicks and punts also. So um, I'm sure that he's excited about that. So maybe he'll get the opportunity to carry the ball uh, in that phase. Have you talked to uh, Eric Metcalf? Lives in the in the Seattle, Washington area. I'm wondering if you have if, do you have a relationship with Matt at all? Have you talked to him? Um, I haven't talked to him in a while. We um, we have we do have each other's numbers, and I have followed him on um, some social media. But um, I didn't know that he was uh, still up in that area. But uh, I look forward to that. I catch I have to catch up with him. He'll do a great job of, of looking out after your boy when he's up there too. No, I, I bet he will. I, I'll, I'll definitely look forward to that. Well, Dalen, it was a pleasure to catch up with you and to see what you're up to these days, and just sort of take a walk down memory lane and, and relive some of your, uh, your old memories as a Cleveland Brown. I'd like to thank you so much for joining us here on club 46. We enjoyed it. No, thank you for having me. Um, it was, it was great. You know, like you said, taking a little trip down memory lane, man, some great memories. And uh, I appreciate you guys having me. again. Absolutely. Continued success to you as well as your boy, as he uh, gets ready to wrap up his high school career and then move on to the next level. And thank you so much at home for watching another episode of Club 46, driven by Bridgestone. We'll hope to see you again very soon when we sit down with another all-time great Cleveland Brown. Until then, I'm Jay Crawford. We hope to see you soon.